0: Corey Brada from the Hawkeye of the Storm and Iowa postgame with Coach Gary Close. We are here recapping Iowa's 92-71 victory over the Leathernecks of Western Illinois. And I am joined by none other than Coach Gary Close, who was at the game tonight. And Gary, another routine uh, victory. I know we've talked about the schedule. We're finally through the non-conference slate. How did you think Iowa performed to finish things off?
1: I thought they did a real nice job, Corey. I, I think Western Illinois is a pretty good basketball team, um, and, and especially in the first half, they really made them uh, not look very good. I'll be curious myself. I'll, I'll follow them, see what they do in their league. But I, I think I think they're going to win a lot of games in their league. And uh, and Iowa took it to them. I, I thought it was a real real nice win, uh, especially with you know coming off the break, and uh, gives them a little momentum going into the Big Ten season.
0: Absolutely, and we've been talking about the need for bigger crowds. I don't know that we saw that tonight. What was the crowd like? I know the students are still on break.
1: Oh, it was a great crowd. Um, there were there were there there was the biggest crowd I've seen, and it was near end of the game. It was uh, it was a real, real nice crowd. In fact, it was filled all the way to the top in most of the most of the section. Now there were some spots that are empty, but um, it was a, it was a real. I, I didn't. I wasn't sure what they would all you know, middle of the week students not here, but, uh, in a snowstorm, but I, I thought a nice
0: crowd. So what was the weather like? I'm curious because here in Ames, uh, we got a skiff of snow early, but I know most of that snow moved off into Eastern Iowa. So was that a, a factor for people traveling to the game?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I don't think there's any doubt. Uh, it was snowing. We, know, we came, we got here about an hour before the game, but, uh, it was snowing then. And, uh, some people in front of us, uh, said that, uh, it was tough getting in, so um, so that was a factor I think. So all in all, it was a like I said, it was a real nice crowd. I thought um, I thought they were
0: into it. And to support what you, the, the narrative about Western Illinois that you brought up at the outset, Gary, um, this is a team that we keep talking about. They did beat Nebraska, nearly knocked off DePaul, um, and I thought Iowa's defense was good. You know, they rebounded. early on. There were a few offensive boards that were kind of frustrating to see Iowa give up, but overall. They end up out rebounding uh, Western Illinois. Let me grab that number here. I believe they out rebounded them by ten. Yeah, forty-one to thirty-one. Mm-hmm. And again, I yeah. know you have to understand it's a different level of competition, but have they they've certainly improved in that area of the game?
1: I think so, and I think their length uh, bothered Western Illinois. Um, I don't think there's any doubt, both uh, in the rebounding aspect as well as scoring around the basket. I don't have any blocked shots, I do have, but they had a bunch and a lot of them that were altered that had a lot to do with their shooting percentage. Um, this was a team that Western Illinois had averaged almost 11, made 11 threes a game and shooting about 38% of the team. And uh, I think their halftime, they were like two for 19 from three. Now they probably would say they had some looks that they should have made, uh, but they didn't. And um, it's a team that does shoot a well from three. So um, I think that was a telling stat uh coming in that um they did a pretty good job of continuing from the three-point line
0: i was really impressed with peyton sanfort and you wonder sometimes this late in the non-conference slate who does this benefit who does a game like this benefit because we didn't see josh Gundley; he was out with injury but i thought this was a good opportunity for peyton to get some more confidence he went three of three overall from three what did you see out of him i thought his activity level was just really good
1: yeah, yeah, I, I think you're 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 spot on. He's very active. He got some offensive rebounds. Um, he uh, hit some threes, as you said, and and did a uh, you know gave him some gave him some energy off the benches, which is what they you just never know in a game who can can do something like that. And boy, it's, it's nice if you can put somebody in, give you a little charge, um, and maybe he might be that type of player going going into the Big Ten season.
0: And Keegan, again, the efficiency we continue to see out of him, 29 points, 13 of 20 from the field with 10 boards. Um, I know we we basically came to this conclusion with the Southeastern Louisiana game last week, but it doesn't seem like he's got any lingering ankle issues. On the other hand, Connor McCaffrey goes down tonight. Um, I don't know where you were in the arena, Gary, but he did come back um, to the sideline without a boot and without any crutches. So I would say that's probably a good sign.
1: Yeah, I I would say so too. And they got... um, Got a few days to heal him up. Hopefully it's not too bad. Keegan was terrific. He almost had a double-double at half. Yeah. Um, he's he's flying up the, the draft boards, and, a, and it's understandable.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, all right, Gary. Well, I don't want to keep you one final thing, and this is a kind of a look ahead sure. to Maryland because, of course, uh, I know you've got a, a trek back, and, and you're dealing with some weather there in Iowa City. But as far as the Maryland game is concerned, we pick up Big Ten action Monday um and you know i kind of wonder what that crowd will be like i hope that it's a packed house football will officially be over students will be i believe students will be back am i correct in saying that gary
1: well you got me i haven't gotten my orientation yet so i'm I'm not in class so (laughs) i don't know
0: (laughs) all right (laughs) i think Um, it's
1: got to be close
0: (laughs) yeah they got to be close so uh maryland of course we know the storylines within they've lost mark turgeon their head coach there was something going on there but they seem to have recovered you know they knocked off florida and they've still got talent on that roster, but this is a home game. This is, to me, I don't want to call it a must win in early January, but might be as close as you can come to it. You don't want to start 0 3 um, with two losses at home in the Big Ten. So, how does Iowa get it done against the Terrapins Monday?
1: Yeah, no, I agree with you. I think it's a huge game for them, especially because they got to go back on the road, uh, and, you know, playing a coal center, which is not an easy place to play. So, you know, Maryland was in the top 25 at one time, and uh, who knows how much the coaching. Situation leading up to it affected how they play. They do, as you said, they do have some talent, and people thought that ranked them where they ranked them. So, I would say they're probably very dangerous. It seems like they're playing a little bit better. Um, Sometimes that happens with a coaching change, and I get a new lease on life. And um, so, I I think uh, that's a huge game for Iowa because, as you said, they don't want to go 0 and 3. League's too tough. They need to get as many home wins as they get.
0: Well, Gary, uh, we appreciate the effort to jump on with us and and give us a brief recap from your vantage point there in Carver, and uh, we'll look forward to the resumption of Big Ten play on Monday. Travel safe back to Wisconsin, and we'll talk to you next week. Okay. Appreciate it, Corey. Happy New Year, everybody. Thanks, Gary. Take care. Take care. Always appreciate hearing from Coach Close. Always a pleasure to get his insight, and very very optimistic, very positive Coach Close um, this evening, and rightfully so, as Iowa again with the 92 to 71 victory over the leathernecks of western illinois our caller line is open if you want to give us a call 515-635-1601 515-635-1601 if you want to talk hoops we can also throw in a football question or two whatever you are comfortable talking about and it's good to see a few in our chat here hawkeye howard good to hear you uh, from you tonight buddy and uh Hopefully uh, you've avoided. I understand there's more storms going on across the country. It's incredible what we've had here in the month of December as far as weather. Um, But uh, hopefully you guys are staying safe down south. Real Hayden, he says, I told Connor to get freaky in the first half. He tweaked his ankle in the second half. That is not what I meant by freaky Connor. (laughs) Absolutely. And oatmeal for life. And by the way, I think Connor is going to be okay. Again, I, I mentioned that over the phone with Gary. He came back, didn't have crutches, didn't have a a big brace. I I think he had a brace on his ankle. But again, no crutches and no boot. That's a good sign because he did come down. It was a nasty-looking – I don't know. I'm assuming the real Hayden, you were at the game. But he he came down. They showed it on replay. It was a nasty little uh, incident. It couldn't tell at first whether it was the – I mean, his ankle certainly turned. But whether it was his ankle or his knee that was hurting, and I'm guessing it was the ankle because, again, if it was his knee, you'd think he'd either have not come back – or he'd come back with with crutches. Oatmeal for life. Did Ogundalay or Mulvey play? Uh, well, Ogundalay did not. Ogundale is dealing with an ankle sprain. Um, and that's a lot of weight to come down on an ankle. And that was, uh, what, last week. Uh, according to Fran, Fran did talk to the media on Tuesday. It's, he, he's sounding optimistic um, that he can be back next week. Um, I You know, I don't know Maryland's roster. I'll have to study their roster. I've watched them play. But as far as a, a true big man, you know, they're not Purdue. They're not Illinois. So I don't know that uh, they're going to, you know, even think about the Illinois game. They really didn't use a gun delay as much as maybe you'd think they would. And, and maybe that's a regret of Fran. But uh, they're going to need him at some point. I keep saying that at some point they're going to need him. Uh, because, again, what happens if Keegan goes down again and then, you know, Connor's out? That's two less guys in your rotation. So just numbers, from a sheer numbers standpoint, you're going to need one of those big men. It was good to see Riley get in there. But again, Riley gets in there really late because Iowa didn't really pull away until late. I mean, it was a 13-point game sort of late in the second half. So, um, you know, this is a good, it's, as Gary said, this is a good Western Illinois team. It's not a great team. It's a good team. They knocked off uh, Nebraska, nearly knocked off DePaul. So that's a good team they beat tonight. But certainly, I think everybody's ready to, to see this team against Better competition each and every night. Completely agree with you, Eric, on this one. Sanford, the bench player of the game. I think he's a player of the game. Now, you could say it was Keegan. I understand that. He made double-double. He was dominant, 29 points. But the energy level, the activity level of Peyton Sanford, we saw him crashing the glass. We saw him in transition on a dunk. Um, He seems to be getting more comfortable banging inside, getting rebounds. He's got good length. He's 6'8", 6'7", 6'8". So his size... And his ability to shoot is going to get him on the court, but when he's out there, he's going to have to help them rebounding the basketball. And he kind of he might be sort of that dark horse because, again, this team—the the one struggle we've seen out of this team—is the inability at times to rebound the basketball. They've been good here these last three games. Again, albeit against inferior competition, I think Utah State—that's a good team—and again, this is a good team, but we're talking a different level of rebounding prowess once we get into Big Ten play. So they're going to need a guy like Sanford to step up. And rebound the ball. Tony Perkins, another example of a guy who's long. He's not real tall. He's long. He's athletic. They're gonna need a, their guards to crash the glass as well. Uh correct me if I'm wrong here, Hayden, but this town is pronounced Wapalo, not Wapello. Okay. So I, I don't try to I know I kind of went on a rant yesterday with Mark Rogers about some football commentators we've been listening to on ESPN, but I heard the BTN plus play-by-play guy called this town Wapello, and i'm thinking to myself and then i heard somebody called uh somebody called someone by the wrong name i'm trying to think of who that was um but it is frustrating when it seems like now i don't know what happened tonight i know uh according to the university's released release yesterday as far as the uh, game notes for tonight jess settles was supposed to be on the call and it was the uh the girl from Northwestern. So I don't know what happened to Jess. Maybe, you know, maybe something come up. Hopefully he's okay. Um, no reason to think he's not, but that was sort of a, I feel sorry for her. Cause I think she was probably thrown in there late and she, you know, made some mistakes as you're going to, but uh, Hey, at least the BTN plus stream worked. And now if you're an Iowa basketball fan, you can get rid of it unless you want to keep it for some of the women's games, but those games are getting canceled. Heck, How many games now have we had game, uh, canceled for the Iowa women's basketball team it's unfortunate but I will be getting rid of BTN plus now that uh, the men are done on that network Ray yes it's Wapolo I had some friends in Wapolo one time and uh, I heard that and I just kind of shook my head so that's okay uh, again at least uh, you know it used to be worse back when we had uh, back when it was a student U. and again I understand students are learning how to to broadcast and you know they're they're probably you know interns but back when it was the BTN student you and you just had students commentating, they didn't know any have any idea what they were doing. So these guys, you know, you maybe call them amateurs. They're, they at least know what they're doing. And the girl was very, the, the uh, color girl, she was extremely knowledgeable about basketball. But again, you're being thrown into a situation. And if you don't even know how to pronounce, you know, rebracha, and that's what she said. She said rebracha. It's rebracha. Um, So I'm nitpicking, of course, this is I'll be honest, I have a hard time this late in the season and maybe some other people will disagree with me. I have a hard time staying engaged from beginning to end in, you know, a game like this. And again, it's a better Western Illinois team. But my goodness, it's this team is 10 and three. All right. And nine of those 10 wins have come against teams. Well, excuse me. Eight of those 10 wins have come against teams that are just okay. Uh, some of them bad. Just some, some of them, quite frankly, bad. And Virginia and Utah are good, not great. Neither one of those teams are great. They've played several teams that I think have the potential of being great. Purdue, Illinois, and Iowa State. And they've lost to every one of them. So I have a hard time sometimes staying engaged in a game like this. Um, so I'm just happy that we're through it. And now once the bowl game is complete on Saturday, we can focus our attention on Iowa basketball. It'll be uh, Big Ten poops exclusively and an opportunity for Iowa to start building this resume over the course of two and a half months. The Real Hayden says, I don't think students will be back for a couple of weeks. If that's the case, and I don't know that, all right? I don't know that. But if, if that's the case, Hayden, I, I don't I don't know what to say. First of all, students are showing up to these games anyways. They weren't showing up in November, all right? And I, I know we've talked extensively on this show about my issues with and I think a lot of people's issues with how the university treats students. I believe that Iowa first of all doesn't put students in a position to want to come to games all right First of all, you're charging students to sit in the horizontal or excuse me the vertical sections behind the backboard right um, all the way up to the to the top concourse area that's not going to encourage a student to pay to come to a game in Carver okay um, you look at what Purdue does, Michigan State, Iowa State these teams, Now, Iowa State can kind of get away with it a little bit more. They have, they're right on top of you. But Carver, you're you're not going to be able to do that. I've said this for for a long time, and I know a lot of other Iowa people agree with this. You got to start lining these students up around the court. They've got to have incentive. And if you're not going to do that, at least let them in for free. And if you're concerned about lost revenue, believe me, having students at the game, even if you're taking a loss on Tickets, students, however much they I don't know if they pay more than five, ten dollars, right? Maybe it's more than that. But even if you're taking a hit, five to ten dollars a ticket. And if you get a packed house of students, that's going to encourage families and people who maybe would stay at home to come to more games. That's just a fact. That's just I mean, that's just how things work, right? Um and it's too bad. I got a friend who was um at the game tonight and he called me before the game and let me know he was going and he had never been to Carver. He had never been to Hilton until a couple of weeks ago. I took him to Iowa State, Iowa, and even he admitted, and he's a big Iowa fan, but he had never been to Carver before. And uh, he he admitted that Hilton has got energy, and right now, at least right now, Carver does not. Now, there are times when Carver's rocking. I, I just I hope that when these students get back in there, whenever that may be, that they come out in in full. I I Again, I, I don't expect it because honestly, even last year, um, or not last year, the year before that, of course, when we had fans, that was a good team. That was a really good team. It wasn't a great team. It was a really good team, right? Um, I don't know what they would have been seated in the tournament. I, I don't remember. Maybe a six or a seven, somewhere in there. Uh, maybe a five. But, uh, you know, there were games where fans showed up and then there were games where really fans didn't. All right. Um, and if you're not getting more than 12, thirteen thousand for conference games, to me that's a that's a failure from a from an administration standpoint. So hopefully they'll they'll prove me wrong. But again, I don't blame the students in that. Um, they're already paying thousands of tuition, thousands of dollars in tuition. Give them some reason to come to games. Uh, and from everything I've heard, I haven't been to Carver yet this year. But everything I hear, ice cream lines a mile long. They've got very few vendors open. Um, you know, it's just, you Carver's built in a way where you're going to have to create incentives some other way. So I'll stop talking about that for the time being. Again, I know that, um, I know we've talked about that in the past, uh, the real Hayden. Did anyone see the end of the ISU game? I'll be honest. I, I was watching. I had the BTN plus Iowa game on one screen and I had the Iowa state football game on another screen. And, I know most people who are listening to this probably know what happened in the Iowa State game. But Iowa State was down by three scores. They climbed back into it. Get the ball back with two minutes to go. All right. Just a little under two minutes to go. It's fourth down and three from their own 27 or so. About a minute to go at that point. Brock Purdy scrambles. On fourth down. Fresh out of a timeout. They got no timeouts left. It's fourth down. He scrambles for a first down. He's a good two to three yards past the first down marker and he coughs the ball up. All right. Now he got back on the ball, but the problem is he fumbled backwards. He fumbled back behind the first down marker. He recovered his own fumble, but it negated the first down, and the Cyclones lose. I mean, it was just, it was painful. And I don't take joy in seeing Iowa State lose. I know I took joy in Iowa beating Iowa State this year. That's totally different. I was rooting for Iowa State late in that game. And to watch how that game ended and how the season ended and the career for Brock Purdy, how it ended, was painful. And I feel sorry for him. Um, it's, it's, It's disappointing. It's frustrating. But again... He's been known. He's been known. Brock Purdy has been known to make bonehead decisions. You remember the play against TCU a couple of years ago where he's getting sacked and he throws the ball backwards and it gets picked off or recovered as a phone? I mean, this is, this is unfortunately part of Brock Purdy's legacy at Iowa State. And I know a lot of Iowa State fans love Brock Purdy, and they won't stop loving Brock Purdy. I had an Iowa State fan text me after the game. I feel sorry for Brock. I kind of do too. You feel sorry for the kid. Um, but man alive and he wasn't protecting the football. It was a good play by by Clemson, but he was not protecting the football. Now, maybe they would have lost anyways. I mean, they had like 50 seconds left. The clock would have stopped at the first down marker and they would have had probably about 65 yards to go in 50 seconds with no timeouts. So it would have been difficult, but man alive. They had the first down. He fumbles backwards. They lose the first down. Give us a call. 515-635-1601. 515-635-1601. you want to talk about Iowa hoops or mourn in the Cyclones loss to to, uh, Clemson. I got corrected on Twitter. So I could have swore that I heard the play-by-play guy for this game, the Iowa game, when Rabracha slammed it in the first half, had a, a breakaway dunk. I could have swore he said the white man slam, and we had one of our listeners circle herc, He corrects me: the right hand slam. I hope that's what he said because I don't have a problem guy saying the the white man slam. But I thought it just seemed kind of odd. Um, Philip Rabracha still struggling And all. Let's in, in all seriousness, he is still struggling, and it's frustrating to see him struggle against. The likes of Western Illinois and, and southeastern Louisiana, so you hope he can figure it out. Because man alive, um, if he doesn't, if he doesn't figure it out, they're going to be playing so. much. I mean, they're already playing small ball because they don't have a true center right now. That's part of the problem. Rabracha is not a true center, and um, you know it, he's he's playing out of position, and so it's hard for him. I think it's been hard for him. But again, you're talking competition here, southeastern Louisiana western illinois even the utah state game where you'd think he'd be able to hold his own and he's just still pressing but again hopefully he gets things figured out because they're going to need him in big 10 season thank you for calling iowa post game who's on the line
1: this is
2: david from indiana again Corey, how are you
0: good how are you david
2: doing well hey i thought the game was was well played western illinois is a good team um that but number five for them he was a good player step back shot. i mean he was uh, given Iowa fits, and I'm happy to see the Hawks. Uh, I thought they played well, rebounded well this time. This game out, moved the ball well. Um, I thought overall it's going to be. It was a good game leading into the Big Ten uh, season.
0: I agree, and I think the the uh, maybe first ten minutes or so of that second half they were kind of sleepwalking, and and I'll be honest. I, I don't blame them at all. I know you're always supposed to be engaged and locked in, but good lord, this this season, the the schedule has been I I would think it would be difficult especially for the veterans on this team to stay locked in. Um because there was a stretch there where, you know, they were up 21 or whatever it was at halftime and it got cut down to, you know, 13. So, but no, they they figured things out and um, you know, Western Illinois is a team that that launches a lot of threes and I don't have the final numbers in front of me. I can grab those, but um, they never really got into a rhythm from behind the arc. So that's a good sign if you're Iowa.
2: Yo, yeah, I mean, they I mean they were hitting some, but yeah, they just never got into it. Yeah, 5, of, five
0: of 30. I, 5 of 30 from behind yeah. the arc for Western Illinois.
2: Yeah, I mean, um, I, honestly, even though they did cut the lead down uh, to 13 or, or 12, whatever it was, um, I never felt like Iowa was in danger of losing no. this game they were playing good defense i think for the most part they were playing really good defense um they they missed some in the early part of the game they missed some bunnies quite a few players missed shots around the rim i mean there's like four or five of those and those go in you know that pushes the lead up even more but i mean i think overall it was a good game i mean you got to figure too the players are coming off an eight game uh or eight day uh eight day stretch where they didn't play they were off for christmas and things like that so i mean there's probably a little bit of rust and um i thought they did I thought they did really well i thought they played well they had good shots and uh keegan murray i mean if, as long as he can keep playing like this and producing against stiffer stiffer competition i think we're going to be a tough out for any any team in the big
0: ten and let's be honest i mean i i i agree with you But I will say this, the the one asterisk on that is we have yet to see Keegan really perform like this against upper tier competition. I know he kind of did against Virginia, but once he went down with that ankle injury, we know he missed the Purdue game. I don't think he was 100% against either Illinois or Iowa State. So he's, he's still got something to prove this next month.
2: Yeah, he does. He does. And that's what I was saying. If he can produce like he's producing against he a slower competition. Now, he did really well against Utah State, and Utah State is no team to. You're right. There's no slouch team either. And he put up 35 on them. And um, so there, there's signs, there's hope. And uh, I mean, granted, he's only a sophomore, too. So I don't think he'll be leaving after this year. I just don't see that happening. I think after his junior year, is a good possibility we'll lose him. Um, but uh, he's still a young player. Um, I think this team is growing by leaps and bounds. Uh, I like to see the defensive effort. It seems like it's one of the better defensive teams Fran's had since Fran's been there. Um, so they can continue proving that defense and, and rebounding. That's that's going to be what's going to be uh, what's going to win games for us in the Big Ten season.
0: No, I got to ask you this question. You you don't think Keegan will turn pro, and I, I don't really know that I have an opinion at this point. But I'm curious as to why you think that. Is it because of his loyalty to the program, or because you don't think he's you don't think he's a lottery pick?
2: I well, one, I don't think he's a lottery pick right now. Um, I think two, having a twin brother on the team, how often, how long is he going to be able to play with him? That's I think true. that's going to play a big decision, play a big part in his decision. Uh, for sticking with Iowa for at least uh, another yeah. year as a junior, um, I think that's just something. Of course, I you know I I've got siblings. I don't have any twins, but I think that the that is a big pull for him to stay at least one more year after this year.
0: Yeah, I could see that. Um, and, and certainly they didn't play really play together much at all last year. So, um, yeah, I could see that. And if if Chris can continue to develop. Uh, and I think he will, if Keegan, I know that's a long ways off, but if Keegan did come back, that's quite a duo. That's 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 a pretty darn good duo.
2: Oh, yeah. I think that would uh, push Iowa up to be upper echelon Big Ten with a possible run next year. I think we're about a year, two years out from really competing for a Big Ten championship. I think next year is going to be probably the best opportunity. Uh, if and I know I, I I'm I'd say I'm five, 75% sure Keegan'll be back for his junior year, um, but uh, I think that's going to be a one heck of a year with Sanford getting another this year under his belt and Perkins another year. Euless. I mean those guys are coming along great. I mean, you know, last year when those guys came in, I'm like oh man, come on. Yeah. Um, Perkins came on late at the end of the year, but this year there is no hesitation. I don't think from Fran or any of the Iowa fans when those guys are in now. Uh, they provide such a spark uh, when the when the first team is not playing up to snuff, and those guys come in and put a good spark on.
0: So, so I got to ask you, if if Keegan worked, and I'm not saying it's going to happen, but if he averages 20 and seven, if he averages 20 and seven through Big Ten play and wins Big Ten Player of the Year, which I think is a, is unlikely to happen given Kofi Coburn and Jaden Ivy and those guys, but if that were to happen, does he? Would you ch- change your tune? Do you assume he turns pro at that point?
2: No. I, I still don't okay. think so. Um, I go back to Luca Garza. Uh, you know, he could have came out after his junior year, and he decided to come back for senior season. He won Big Ten Player of the Year two times in a row, won National Player of the Year two times in a row, and he still came back. And, and he didn't have a brother on the
0: team. Well, I'll say so, this: um, I, I I see what you're saying. I will say though, it, with all due respect, the one difference is he, Luca was never projected to go high in, in any draft. So. Keegan is already getting hype for first-round status, so I'm not saying it's going to happen, but there is a difference there. The the athleticism that Ke- that Keegan possesses does help his draft stock a lot more than Luca Garza's.
2: Sure, sure, but at the same time, we talk out of one side of our mouth. Well, he hasn't done it against Tiff competition, but now we're now people are saying he's still. A,
0: yeah, you're we, right. We I haven't know.
2: seen him. We haven't seen him do that against good competition yet, other yes. than Utah State. So right. If he can, I mean, maybe the tune will change if he's putting up 20, 25 points a game against Big Ten competition. I mean, if that's the case, maybe he needs to go and make the money and give some to his brother to help, you know, for NIL deals. I don't know, but um, I I just don't see him coming out this year. I I really don't. I think I think we'll be. uh, If he has a great year, I think he's going to come back for the second year because I think there's still a pull there too to want to win a big 10 championship to, you know, get to the NCAA tournament and do go for a deep run and things like that. So I think, I think all that kind of plays into that decision for him. I
0: I hope you're right. And as of right now, I, I tend to agree with you and, uh, you know, I'd love to see him go 25 and 10 through big 10 season. I think if that happens, I think he'd be gone, but I I could be wrong too. I, I just hope that, uh, I hope that this team, um, realize and I think they do I hope this team realizes that it does have the opportunity to be really good defensively I mean it, it, you know last year we just kind of hoped that that team it didn't possess a lot of athleticism but we just hope that that team would be okay and I don't really know that they ever were okay they were at times they were okay but but collectively I don't think they were but I, I hope this team understands that they they have the personnel to be a good defensive team and you pair that with what Fran produces on the offensive end of things this team can be a tournament team and perhaps make a run, but you got to get there first.
2: Right, absolutely. I think where I was going to struggle is when we played teams like a Purdue and Illinois with a big man that yeah. is more powerful and, and things like that. If uh, Honestly, I think if we were to replay those games, I know you can't, but if we were to replay Purdue and Illinois, and Illinois didn't have a Coke burn and Purdue didn't have Edie, those games turn out completely different. I don't care if he's on that team or not. Iowa played them tough down the stretch and almost clawed their way back out of that hole. And same thing with Illinois. Um, but it's those dominant big men that's going to cause Iowa problems all year long. And uh, yep, if other teams right. figure that out, then Iowa's going to be, I mean, we're going to play every team tough, but I think we're not going to have as many wins on the board because of that. Um, so Iowa's got to, I, I, I don't know why. I Hopefully we got, something in the pipeline where we have a big man. I know that's got this moldy kid, but I just don't see him growing into being a dominant big man in the big 10. We need, we need somebody who can be physical and rebound and make the shots and and things like that.
0: Well, we've got, we've got Owen Freeman coming in. Um, I think he's, was he 23? I believe. I don't think he's 22. So, you know, he's a, 6'10", big man. I, again, I'm not great at evaluating big men. I'll tell you who we should talk to about this subject is, is Gary Close because uh, certainly he had his fair share of big men who developed uh, at a high rate at to Iowa and certainly at Wisconsin. But uh, no, I think you're right. They need yeah. somebody down low. Um, and as long as Ogundale keeps getting hurt and getting getting sick, it's going to be hard to get him minutes. Um, I think Fran, if he had to do it over, would have probably given him more minutes against Illinois. Um, uh, I'm surprised, frankly, that he didn't play more in the second half, but, but you're right. As, as time goes by, there's going to be times where you're going to have to get one of those two guys in the game.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, I, I know, I think he, there's this potential there, but I just don't think he's going to be, you know, he's a big guy, he's a big body, but I don't know if he has the athleticism to keep it going night after night in the big 10. I just don't. Um, I think he's a little bit behind in developmental wise. I mean, uh, granted he came, you know, he's, he's from London. Uh, I know basketball isn't a big thing there. You know, I think that kind of set him back, um, from a basketball development standpoint, I just don't see him ever developing to be a consistent, um, physical presence down low. Um, he gets taken out a lot if you watch even the games he's played you'll see him get taken out of the out of the where he's not in position for a rebound or in position to to score a bucket he, he gets taken out quite a bit by even by smaller guys they just they just get i just don't think he quite understands that maybe he'll grow into that but i don't think this year is that year
0: and you're talking about a gun delay, correct
2: yeah i'm talking about a gun delay, yeah
0: yeah because and because in riley's defense riley should be in high school right now I and mean, he reclassified oh, yeah. no. So. i
2: mean yeah i think he just needs more minutes and, and and maybe they're giving maybe he's running more with the ones and the twos in practice i don't know of course we don't see that um but yeah he's he's a young kid i think he he could do i think he might grow into something but um but yeah i don't know i am still kind of out because i haven't seen enough of riley Moby to really understand what this game's about but i just think a, When it comes back to a Gundel, I just don't think he's he's there developed yet uh, to be. I don't think he understands what he can do.
0: Well, he's a a big body, and and I don't think they need him to be. They don't need him to be Luca Garza, but you're right; they're going to need him at some point. So you hope he can give him spot minutes once he's back healthy.
2: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, you want everybody on the team to when they get their number called to go in and. Provide something, whether it be a right. key rebound or a key steal or a key basket at the time or whatever. So, um, yeah. But other than that, I think uh, Riberacchi. I think he he's got some athleticism. He's definitely got the the basketball knowledge. I think he plays good defense. He he passes well. Um, but I just don't think he's going to be able to without help from a Gundale or Moldy or one of the Keegan or one of the Murray boys to him a bit, he's going to be worn out by
0: the end of the season. Um, yeah, I, I I agree, and I, I think he 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 would really benefit from a post presence because I th- I think he's playing out of position. He's just playing he out is. of position. He's,
2: like, he, he's a small forward. I mean, I know he's like six ten, but he but he really plays like a like a forward or a small
0: forward. A power yeah, and I think he's closer. Like I think he's closer to six eight. To be completely honest he's with ex- you, so. Okay. Okay. um yeah i hope yeah. he you know you hope because he he's he's went up against some really good big men um you know some physical teams iowa state virginia those are physical defenses so you hope maybe maybe he's figuring out out figuring it out i mean i think he he's obviously a mature kid um yeah so you know you, you just hope the best for these kids and iowa has proven they know how to develop big men i know frank garza was a big part of luca's development but um, I always had some good big men under Fran. I mean, I know people criticize Adam Woodbury. Adam Woodbury was a really good defender, um, and as well as oh, Gable great. Shaney.
2: Yeah, I was a big fan of Woodbury. I don't care that he never dunked. I mean, it didn't bother me as long as he was making baskets, and I thought he was a good get for Fran when when we needed a, a spark to get the team back on the map.
0: Yeah, um, big recruiting. I get. thought
2: Gable Shaney, Gable Shaney was fantastic. Uh, I loved when Gabe was in there. And uh, I was honestly sad to see Ahmad Wagner leave the program to go play football. Uh, I thought Ahmad was a great player for Fran and for Iowa. He always he gave us a good spark. And uh, was the, he was wide body. I mean, he wasn't, he was what, 6'8, six, 6'7, six, but he was a wide body and to get rebounds. And that's what we needed at the time. And we just need somebody like that, again, who can just come in and just be the rebound guy. I mean, that'd be great.
0: Well, there's guys there we can just cross our fingers and hope they develop and uh, get healthy and stay healthy because they're going to need them at some point. That's
2: right. That's right. Well, I just wanted to call in and uh, just say appreciate the show and it was a good game and wish everybody a happy new year.
0: Always appreciate it, Dave. Have a great night.
2: Yep. Bye-bye.
0: I agree. I agree with them. I mean, you know, you're going to have to figure out a way to to get – I've been saying it since the beginning of the season. You're going to have to figure out a way to get spot minutes at the five from someone and I'm not talking about Philip or Bracha. I feel bad for Philip Cause again, he's playing out of position. He's also adjusting to life in the big 10. And I know this isn't big 10 basketball you're playing right now, but I think just the combination of those two things playing at the five. Um, and, and again, North Dakota, I mean, he was shooting threes. I don't know how many threes he attempted at North Dakota, but I saw him make threes last year and just in watching tape. So, you know, again, they're going to figure out a way. And, and, um, you know, we didn't see a whole lot from him. To me, he stood out. He stood out a lot more early, and I think it seems like once we hit that Purdue that Purdue game kind of made him sideways. It seems like, and, and again, you understand you're going up against seven foot four Zach Eady. You're going up against Kofi Coburn against Illinois. Iowa State was just so freaking physical, so I think that sort of put him in a funk. Because I thought he played well against Virginia, to be completely honest. I thought he played well, but again, um, the Big Ten is here. The Big Ten is here. All right, this is a, a non-related question specifically to the game. Ray says, Corey, who's your favorite Hawk basketball player of all time? Well, you know, I'm not that that old, to be completely honest, Ray. So I know a lot of people are going to say B.J. Armstrong, Ronnie Lester, um, Andre Woolridge. I see Ray just commented, Andre. Um, I would probably, for me, I, I mean, I, again, I'm, I'm looking at my era. Um, I think if I was around during the B.J. era, I'd probably say B.J. or Roy Marble. Um. So, but my era, I'd probably go, probably go Luca. Yeah, I mean, I'd probably go Luca. I'm frustrated that Luca didn't have some of the physical attributes to be elite defensively. But man, you see what Luca's doing right now in the in the NBA. I mean, he's, he hasn't played a ton, but he started the other night and had over 20 points. So, and I, I think that's a, that's just more great things are coming for Luca Garza because the dude is just a hard worker. So, um I would probably say Luca. I re- I'll tell you there's some some guys I, the F- Fran has brought in some guys who I really have enjoyed watching and I'm not just talking about Luca and Aaron White I'm talking Matt Gatons. I really enjoyed watching Jared Utah. I thought Jared I know Gary Close has an interesting perspective on on Jared because he coached Jared at Wisconsin and uh, Gary and I've had conversations just between the two of us about about Jared and his skill set. He was a really fun player to watch. I think part of the problem with Jared is he could never bulk up enough to really make it in the NBA. He's been really good overseas and Aaron white, very underrated guy. I think Devin marble was, I, I enjoyed watching him play. You go back even into the, the uh, Steve Alford years. I loved watching Adam Aluska. Um, you know, Jeff Horner is just a really nice person and he was fun to watch when he was healthy. Greg Bruner was a physical. I mean, I'm, i know I'm just kind of going through um, every guy from the 21st century at Iowa, but uh Yeah, I've been impressed with the personnel that that Fran has brought in. He's done a nice job. He hasn't gotten any five-star kids, all right, but he's developing kids sort of like the Iowa football program does to a different degree. I know they haven't had the success in the NBA, producing NBA players, but they have been able to produce enough guys to be able to win and make the tournament fairly consistently. At some point, it'd be nice if, if Fran could land a four. Well, he's landed four stars. Land a five-star kid. I know it's easier said than done, and he's worked hard to do it. Fran is not like Kirk in that staff, in, in this. Kirk and, and the, the basketball staff at times hesitates to go after the big names. And I understand that, uh, you know, you got to be realistic in, in recruiting, and you're not going to waste your time with a kid that, um, you know, is probably not going to come. But I appreciate the fact that Fran has shot for the stars, and he's missed. But he's gotten close. Like he's gotten very close. You know, think of Aaron Eulis's uh, Aaron brother, Tyler. He's a perfect example of a, of a kid they got close on. Xavier Foster, they got close on him. Of course, he ended up going to Iowa State, and now he's not on a team because he's got an investigation against him, criminal investigation currently underway in his name. Um, and you can go down the list. Trace Jackson Davis was a kid Iowa was high on, um, who was a five star. So, um, yeah, the personnel has been good. Uh, ben. What is the point of all this talk? Fran has been at Iowa for over one decade. He has never made it past the second round. They don't play defense, never have. Meaningless chatter. Uh what's the point of what? Are we asking what's the point of talking about our favorite players? Are we talking about the point of recapping anything? I mean, are you a I'm assuming Ben's not an Iowa fan or he's just a bitter Iowa fan? They did win by twenty one tonight, so you want to, I mean, if we want to really complain about Fran not making it past the second round, I mean, that's, that's, you have a right to complain as an Iowa fan, especially if you're a donor or you're a season ticket holder. If you have a right to complain. I'm frustrated by it. I'm sure Fran's frustrated by it, but, you know, that doesn't mean we're are we just supposed to shut down and never talk Iowa basketball until they make it past the second round. I, that's not how I operate the real uh real Hayden. Reggie Evans and that O one team was the first basketball team I remember watching with my dad. Reggie Evans is my answer. Luca Garza is my second. yeah, Reggie Evans, I really was too young to to remember Reggie in the at the collegiate level, watched him immensely a lot at uh, at the NBA level uh, with the 76 ers and I know he was kind of tossed around the league Brooklyn. but uh, man, he, yeah, rebounding machine and talk about a hard worker. He could really help this team if they continue to struggle with rebounding, which they've rebounded the ball better these last few nights. But if they continue to struggle to rebound, maybe bring Reggie back in here for some seminars. I think he would certainly help. Hyperlocal, Ricky Davis was a stud. Absolutely. Um, and thank you for this update. I have not been able to look at the stats for the Pistons, but Luca had four points tonight, played 39 minutes. Yeah, that's, that's going to be how it is. I mean, early on, especially. Um, but again, over 20 the other night. And it's good. Just good to hear that he played 39 minutes. 39 minutes. Really? That's incredible. And I know there's a lot of COVID issues in the NBA right now, but that's good to hear. Ray, Chris Street or Jeff Moe? Man, I wasn't around for the Chris Street era or the, or the Jeff Moe era for that matter. Um, We might have an opportunity to see Pete Moe in an Iowa Jersey. I don't know, you know, I'm sure he's on Fran's radar right now. He's playing really well in Iowa city, but um, you know, Jeff Moe though. I don't remember Jeff Ray. You'll have to, to fill me in on this. And if you, you're welcome to give us a call, but I, I don't remember. I think I'm somewhat familiar with, with uh, the Tom Davis eras. As far as, I mean, I say some of them I'm, I'm familiar with personnel, but as far as the pecking order on some of these teams, I don't remember Jeff Mo being real high on the pecking order. Now maybe I'm wrong. So somebody fill me in on when Jeff Mo was here and I could certainly Google search it, but uh, uh, let me know if you can. I, I'm curious. Um, I reached out to Jeff um back before the season started um and i won't get into why but um i wasn't able to get in touch with jeff tried to get in touch with jeff about something wasn't able to i know he again has his son very busy with his son right now uh who's getting recruited by a lot of i think a lot of division one programs right now he's playing well really good scorer um (laughs) the real hayden your favorite player of all time that wore the black and gold is none other than Austin Ash. Fair enough. That is fair enough. Um, Eric, favorite player was Andre Woolridge. Mark Miller, BJ Armstrong. Absolutely. Um, Let's see here. Oatmeal for life. This is a positive outlook. I appreciate this. We're talking about transfers. Bakari Evelyn got better as the year went on. Hopefully, Robracia can follow a similar path. And I feel sorry for Bakari Evelyn because he never... I actually think it's pronounced Evelyn, Bakari Evelyn. He never got an opportunity in the NCAA tournament. And that's that's tough for a kid like that. He was on a team that would have made the tournament. And COVID shuts things down and and he was never able to uh, never able to to uh, see that out. So but you're right, maybe rabracha can follow a similar path. Remember, rabracha has another year of eligibility and he's talked about the fact. He talked with me personally before before he actually got to Iowa about this on on our show and Basically said he plans on being here two years unless something different changes. Unless something changes, he's going to be here for two years. So he's got time to develop, but they need help inside now. So, um, yeah, hopefully he can, can improve as the season goes on. BJ, A.C. Earl, one of my favorites. Absolutely. Eric, anyone remember Sir Jamalot? Jerry Wright. Man, you're you're getting way before my time, Eric. Let me look Jerry, Jerry Wright up right maybe it's uh, not as old as i maybe he's not as old as i'm thinking he was when was jerry okay 85 to 87 well i can tell you this i know who will remember him is uh gary close i'll have to ask gary about this and we'll have a conversation we'll have some conversations with gary when we get him back here on video uh in the coming coming weeks uh, coming games days actually and we'll talk about some uh some of his favorite memories from the the tom davis era because, um, man, I'm sure he's got a lot to share. Um, The real Hayden, who was the guy that only dunked every time he got a touch in the early to mid-2000s? I'm guessing you're talking about Doug Thomas. That's me. That'd be my guess. Doug Thomas, dude was an athletic freak. But, yeah, uh, that was the Alford era. So I could be wrong. Maybe you're talking about someone else. Maybe you're talking about someone in the earlier Alford era because that was probably... Doug Thomas was probably here 05 to 07. Somewhere in there, so maybe 04 to 07. Um yeah, I have good and that was when I was really I was really young, but I remember Doug Thomas. Um, and that crowd, talk about crowds, and we're gonna talk about crowds struggling to show up at games. That Doug Thomas, the the, the era of Doug Thomas, and and that was kind of I want to say Doug was here really early. Uh, like we're talking Jeff Horner, Adam Haluska, um Trying to think everybody else on that team, man. Greg Bruner, Eric Hansen. So I think those guys were kind of at the tail end of Doug Thomas's career. Um, I could be wrong on that. Sometimes I get eras com- confused in my head. But yeah, you, that's probably who you're talking about, Hayden. Uh, Hyper local. I think this is the best all around team Fran has had. Wow, that is a huge compliment. Just needs to get need to get them playing good at end of season and defense. Well, that's true. But here's the deal. I'm not. I'm not saying they won't. But we've said that before. We have said that exact thing before. That this team needs to finish hard, finish in March, and fix some issues on defense. And from since 2017, they have not been able to figure out um, defense, just in general. Now this team has better physical attributes to be able to make up for some of the the uh, other issues that they have defensively, but um, they still got to prove it. They got to prove it night in and night out against great competition. They have not done that yet, but they haven't had the chance to do that yet. Cause they haven't been playing good competition. So, um, and I don't think they played bad on defense against, I mean, Illinois, there were stretches in that game where they did not play good defense at all, but, the Iowa state game. That was a good defensive showing. Um, I think the Purdue game was a good defensive showing. Certainly Utah state was, Wilbur, doesn't matter if it's if they are the best he's, team he's had, they will lose first weekend in March, like always. Fran needs to go, man, alive. There's a lot of hostility, folks. Where is all this hostility? I mean, I I don't. Is it because of the football team? What are we mad about right now? Or are we still salty about the Iowa State loss? I don't know. There's a lot of a lot of negativity in the chat tonight. From a, well, I shouldn't say a lot. A couple people, right? Wilbur, if you're an Iowa fan. It's a new year, right? They're ten and three. Haven't even started Big Ten play, so uh, I understand the frustration. But Fran does not deserve to be fired. Okay, that's going that's going too far. I understand the frustration, though. That uh, you you want better. I get that. I want to get past the <laughs> the second round. I've never. I mean, look, I'm 25 years old, and I don't I don't remember. Well, I have to go back. When was the last Sweet 16 appearance? Not in my not in my era of watching, right? I have to look back. It's been. Has it been uh, – it was in the 90s, right? I don't know. It's been too long ago. I agree with that. I totally agree with that. But it's too far too early to be complaining right now. I mean, we're in late December. This team is young. They are 10-3. and They've got a couple good wins. No great wins, but a couple good wins. And the rest of their losses. I mean, Iowa State right now is a top-10 team. Purdue's a top-5 team. And Illinois, I think, will be a top-10 team. Uh, They were at one point. Those are three good. Those are three quality losses. They've got to figure out a way to win some games, though. Ben, you are totally fine. No, no need for an apology. Uh, Appreciate your support as well. And uh, yeah, we need to demand more, better in-state talent in basketball than football. One sweet sweet sixteen in eleven years isn't a wild ask, in my opinion. I agree with you, Ben. But let's give Fran credit, because I don't care about star ratings. I don't care about any of that stuff. The simple fact here is, I mean, it, it. I understand that it plays a role, right? It is an indication of a player's recruitment and their, their level of skill. But let's not forget about some of the in-state kids Fran has gotten, Ben. <laughs> Specifically, two guys who are one the leading scorer on this team and the second leading scorer, and that's Chris and Keegan. Now, I know they, they, they're kind of a legacy uh, pair because of who their dad is. I get that. But Fran's got to be given a lot of credit for giving them a shot because I mean, heck they didn't have any other division one offers besides the team they played tonight, Western Illinois. That, I believe that's the only other team now, I could be wrong, but I believe that's the only other team that officially offered the Murray twins. And yes, they went down to DME Academy in Florida, got better down there, but those are Cedar Rapids kids who were on nobody's radar. And Fran went out and got them. Now you could say, well, he didn't have to beat out any big schools. Well, I do happen to know that Auburn was in on these kids hard. Bruce Pearl wasn't on him hard, which you can understand why Bruce was around during the Kenyon era as well, but it doesn't really matter. He got him and Keegan is going to be as long as he stays healthy and continues to develop at a, just the rate he's developing right now, mid season. And I'm not saying he's going to go this year. I know we had that discussion with our caller earlier. He is going to be on an NBA roster. All right. So that's better than you can say about basically any other player under Fran besides, Garza, Marble, Marble was on a roster for, you know, here and there for a while, as was Jared Utoff. Aaron White's never made an NBA roster, but Luka and Joe Wieskamp, Peter Jock never, I don't think, made a roster. So, and I'm not, I guess I can go out on a limb and say I'm guaranteeing it. I have a hard time seeing anything but injuries derailing that. So the fact that Fran was able to grab these kids, and and we don't know what Chris is going to do. We have no idea what Chris is going to do. Now I understand in state recruiting there have been some frustrating moments. You think back to the DJ Carton situation, but you know DJ then went on, I know they lost the battle for DJ. DJ goes to Ohio State, played okay, dealt with some mental health issues, ends up going to Marquette and you kind of forget about him. I mean, I'm sure it, I'm not saying his hometown of Bettendorf forgot about him, but I don't know that that he fulfilled the recruiting hype. Um, you know, they did miss out on Marcus Page. Um, you know, they missed out on Xavier Foster, but I'm telling you, I live here in Ames. Xavier ain't playing basketball for a while. All right. That investigation is still ongoing. And you know, again, maybe he wouldn't have gotten in trouble in Iowa city, but perhaps not getting Xavier was a blessing in disguise. I understand what you're saying though, Ben, the expectations in general, whether we're talking recruiting or postseason play. You, it's okay to want more and it's okay to, to feel, especially if you're a, a paying fan and you're, you're contributing to this program somehow, whether it be through donations or uh, tickets, whatever the case may be, it's okay to, to want more. And um, I, I respect your, your opinion on that. And and you're right. One, 16, one sweet 16 in 11 years is not a wild ask. I would totally agree with that. And they've had, I think they have the, they've had the pieces. The pieces were there last year, folks. The pieces were there last year. And, I place that on Fran. That team needed to be better prepared for an athlete. I know you can't do anything about athleticism, but that team needed to be better prepared defensively, and they were not against Oregon. You know, I'm a Fran, I'm a fan of Fran. All right, but but I think he would even admit to that. I hope that uh, he was accountable. He had to be accountable after that, and I I think he was. I think he was probably accountable to his to his guys. I hope. I certainly know the players were, but that team had so much offensive talent, and you're right, didn't didn't pan out the way we wanted. Um, but let's just wait, because again, this team is built different than any other team we've seen under Fran. I'm not saying it's going to be better than any other team, but it's built differently. This is as much athleticism as Iowa's had. I am concerned physically, because you can be athletic and not be big, physical, right? I mean, this team is not Michigan State. It's not Ohio State. Those teams got big... Thick guys who are able to bang down low. Iowa doesn't have that. That's why I've h- hoped for months now that Josh Gundley would develop quicker. So we'll see. But it's it's still d- built differently. They have athleticism that no other team has had under Fran. So it potentially a different outcome. But again, several months away from March. Um, Eric, Tom Davis last year, Sweet 16. So that would have been... What, 90. I'll look this up. I don't want to confirm this, and I feel embarrassed not knowing. 99, right? Would have been the last year for for Tom Davis. So I'm seeing here uh, 1970, 1980, 83, 87, 88, 99. There was a gap there, though 12 years, right? Without a what, 11 years, that sweet 16 appearance. So um, but you're right. It's been 22 years. That's the longest gap. If I'm looking at this correctly, that's the longest gap, um, since 1955, the longest drought, I guess, I guess I should say. So yeah, it's not good. Yeah, it's not good. You want to perform better in postseason play. I don't think postseason play should be the only thing we look at when evaluating a coach. Um, but it certainly is something that uh, is a factor, big factor. James, Fran is recruiting defense more than ever. Look at Bowen. Then you then you have Eulis and Perkins. He just needs to get better at getting bigs. Now, James, who is Bowen? First person I'm thinking you're talking about is Bowen Bourne. So I don't know who Bowen is. Um am I missing something? Am I thinking not thinking of the right guy here? Maybe there's a typo. Explain that to me if you could, James. Uh, let's see. The real Hayden. While I don't disagree that Fran has not performed in postseason play, we're in the middle of a season. Nothing is changing right now, like football midseason, either get on the train or don't. And I respect that point of view as well, Hayden. I, I respect it. Um we have not seen, we have not like you can't look at this team. You you can't convince me, even though I do have negative feelings about Iowa basketball teams defensively, you can't look at this Fran coach team and say they don't play defense. That has not been proven. Cause I think they have played defense at times. There've been times where the defense hasn't been good closing out on three point shooters, allowing guys to get in the lane. Um, you know, pick and roll defense was really bad in the first half against Utah state, but see, they figured things out in the second. So once we get to big 10 play, we'll get a better feel for this. Okay. Let's see here. Um, Hyperlocal. This was a decent Western Illinois team. They have yet to lose by more than 10 points all season. Now they have not played a real tough schedule. All right. We did. I know they did beat Nebraska. Um, they beat. Let me, let me run through their schedule for anybody not familiar. So they, in early November, they beat Nebraska by a point opening night. They played Culver Stockton, who I'm assuming is a division two team. Then they played Iowa Wesleyan. They're what Division Three? They're not Division One. Um, won those games by double digits, lost to DePaul by four, beat Northern Kentucky by two, lost to Eastern Michigan by four, uh, beat Miami, Ohio by twelve, beat Ball State by 13, beat UT Martin by 17, beat Central Michigan by 17, beat Eastern Illinois by 17. Beat Denver in overtime by four. They did lose to Nebraska Omaha, who is two and eleven. So that's that's uh, not a good loss on the Western Illinois resume. But again, they did beat Nebraska and did compete with DePaul. So um, that that, this is not a listen. This is not a resume building win. What Iowa did tonight is not a resume building win. All right, you're just looking to get out of dodge. You're just looking to get out of dodge, get to Monday, and give yourself an opportunity to start building the resume because the resume is not getting built right now. Ten and three does not that doesn't do anything. Doesn't do anything when when the the ten wins are against you know Western Michigan, Portland State, and you know Longwood. That it just doesn't do anything. So now this is a better team tonight, but it's not like the committee not looking in March. The committee's not going to look back at the same, well, they beat Western Illinois by 21 points at home. Wow. That's a solid win. No, it, I don't even know. I mean, I could look up, I'll go ahead and look up just for the sake of this discussion. Let's go ahead and look up the net rankings. Because again, I, I understand that we're, we're talking resume and it's far too early to be doing that, but heck we're, we're, Talking Iowa basketball. So let's look at this. So currently, and these are net rankings that were updated yesterday, or through the games that were completed yesterday. Right now, Iowa is numbered is 27 in the net rankings. Now put that in perspective, Iowa State is 18 in, in the net. Let me look see if western illinois sure they're on here somewhere right um all right western illinois is 124 so that, i mean that's a lot better than most of these teams that iowa has played and uh, yeah the net rankings goes through the entire 358 division 1 team so i wasn't sure if it did so it does um and again western illinois is is at least upper third upper third of the net rankings currently so You know that's a that's a good win. Utah State, Utah State right now is fifty three. So that's the the best win that Iowa has. Well, let's let's look at Virginia because of course that game was on the road. Uh, Virginia, see they're one fourteen. So the Utah State right now by net rankings, which do matter. We're talking resumes right now. Utah State's a better win. I know it's neutral court, but again, it's it's a top fifty five net ranking team. Um, you know, Purdue, let's look at the top of this list though, the the three losses for Iowa, Purdue, who's six right now in the net rankings, um, Iowa state is 18 and Illinois is 15. So these are all, these are all good losses. If you will, if if any loss can be a good loss. Um, but now they're going to have an opportunity. They're going to have an opportunity to start proving themselves against better competition. For instance, Maryland, one eighteen. All that game's at home, that's a game they need to win. All right. But just four spots below what Virginia is at right now in the net ranking. So that's a game you need to win. You need to be beating Penn State every time you play them. You need to be beating Nebraska every time you play them. For Iowa to make the tournament right now from here on out, I would probably say Iowa needs to go 500 from here on out in Big Ten play. So that's nine and nine. We put you at nine and 11. That gives you a chance. I don't know that you're going to make it at eight and 12 but nine and 11 may give, may get you in without much work in the, in the big 10 tournament. But you're, I think you're squarely on the bubble and it doesn't just come down to to conference play, but it comes down to complete resume. So I'm looking at what they've done, non conference play. Haven't really done a whole lot, a couple good wins, no great wins, but no bad losses. So you're looking at, you're looking at needing, I think at least being close to 500, you know, again, maybe nine and 11 will get you in. I think 10 and 10 certainly would. I think it would now, you go 9 and 11 without any real good wins. Perhaps not. But you got to win games at home. Got to beat Maryland on Monday. That's a huge game. As close to a, to a must win as I can imagine. All right. Um, the real Hayden. Purdue bested Nichols State 104 to 90. Yeah, Purdue, uh, no defense in that game. Um, sort of like what we saw from Illinois earlier this year. They played Rio Grande Valley and gave up like 95. At this point, again, Gary's talked about it live on our show. And, of course, we if you're just tuning in, Gary Close, Coach Close, was with us at the outset of the show. But he's actually in Iowa City, was at the game. And so we only got him for a few minutes tonight. He'll be back with us on Monday. But um, he's talked about this. It's hard to keep your guys engaged when you have these long breaks for finals and for holiday break. So I commend Iowa for being able to do that. And perhaps that's what's, what happened with Purdue. Score 104, but give up 90 to Nichols. So, um. yeah similar situation with Wisconsin 89 85 giving up 85 to Illinois State I wouldn't read too much into it folks this is a weird time of year we're going to get into the Big Ten play and it's bang 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 game after game after game um, high point put up 68 only lost by 13 to Michigan State again um, <laughs> I think you're going to expect that a lot of games being canceled too uh, I hope I hope that uh, that uh, some of these guys aren't going to be canceled, but or some of these games won't be canceled here for Iowa in the coming weeks. But but certainly there are games getting canceled, whether you agree with it or not. That's just fact of what's of what uh, what's happening. OK, Mark, you're talking about Bowen as in what was his. Oh, you're talking about DeSante Bowen. OK, there's another Bowen. That's being recruited by Iowa in the same class. In fact, he plays, I believe, at the same high school. But you're talking about Desante Bowen, so thank you for for recalling that to my memory. Um, yeah, that's a good that's a good recruiting win for Iowa. I thought Desante Bowen he's he's the best guard if you're looking at rankings and I think hype, if if that's worth anything, he's their best point guard they've recruited. All right, it's not Jordan Bohannon, it's not Joe Tucson, it's not Aaron Eulis. It is Desante Bowen. So that's an opportunity. I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. As far as recruiting wins, you got to give him credit. Now they got to hold on to him because now with the portal and everything, you never know. But James, yes, uh, Desante, twenty twenty two. Um, again, let's not let's not panic about the defense. Still very early. Oatmeal for life. Couple of my faves were Dean Oliver, Jeff Horner, great point guards who were actually uh, both coached by Jeff's dad at Mason City High, and um, yeah, Jeff's a cool story, and I know he's. Fought cancer recently. I think he's through that. I feel bad not knowing, but um, yeah, no, I, I love Jeff Horner as well. And I, I don't really remember Dean Oliver. I know he's up at Wisconsin now. Um, All right, bud. And the updated Ken Palm, Iowa is 23. Iowa State is 44. Okay. I, I don't know what to say on that. Let, let, me, let me confirm this here. If that's the case. I like Ken Palm. I always have. Um, Yeah, he's right. Iowa is that's surprising. But again, I don't know exactly. I mean, you're looking at offensive efficiency versus defensive efficiency. So Iowa right now and Ken Palm is has the fourth ranked offense in the country. They have the 116th ranked defense in the country. Again, it's early. Good Lord, those are bad. That's a bad defensive number. If we're just looking at the number, that's a bad defensive number. I'm looking through the overall top ranked defenses and or top ranked teams. The the team there isn't a team with a worst defensive ranking until you get to number fifty six. Davidson they have a ranking of one hundred and twenty defensively. So Iowa's got work to do. Again, I so according to Ken Palm, adjusted defensive efficiency is points allowed per one hundred percent. Possessions adjusted for opponent. So again, how exactly that's adjusted. um, I haven't went into a study, a deep enough study into Ken Pomeroy's rankings. I do like Ken Palm. I think he's got some great data here. Some of it, I can't really validate as to how he's coming up with some of this stuff. um, Because he's saying he's adjusting it for opponent. So, you know, again, when Iowa's played seven seven games against teams that are, you know, 250-plus in, in net rankings or, or Ken Palm rankings, then I don't, I don't know how you really... Again, guys are on the bench late in the game. Guys are going to let off because they're up by 30. So once we get into Big Ten play, these rankings will be more consequential to me. Iowa State's got 140th-ranked offense in the country, but the 8th-ranked defense in the country, again, according to Ken Palm. So... We'll see if that plays itself out, but the defense has to get better if it's, if that number plays itself out. And I think just from the eyeball test, I was playing better defense than 116 in the country. That's how I feel at this point. They're playing better defense than that, but we'll have to wait and see. James, this roster does scare me in big 10 play with having to go against Liddell Coburn Williams and any other big I'm missing. Just the big scare me on defense. We need to recruit bigs. Well, we're recruiting bigs, James. Again, Maybe Ogundeley's not there yet. Riley's not there yet, but they got Owen Freeman coming in. They're good on big men for now. They are good on big men. I think they're going to be fortunate to keep all of them. Um, And they've already played a game against Coburn and Williams. So now they play each of those games, each of those teams again, I believe. But the point is those they're halfway done with those matchups. Liddell's not real big. Liddell's, what, 6'9? He's physical. He's a good shooter, but I think. Iowa can survive. Remember Iowa beat o- Ohio state late in the year last year without Nungi and without a gun delay. All right. So they were, uh, yeah, I know there were, I know Garza played in those games, but, uh, there were times when Garza was on the bench and, and, the Murray twins held specific, specifically Keegan Keegan held his own. I don't think, uh, I'd have to think back. I don't think I'm trying to think of, uh, I'm trying to think who else played the five last year when, because when Nungi went down and Agundale wasn't playing, and it was a free year for everybody. So, Chris, I don't know how much time Chris got. Did Chris get some time in that game? That was a weird game, though, because it was a game where people kind of expected Ohio State to, well, first of all, win, but to dominate inside. But again, Ohio State, they do have the Zed Key kid. I'd be more concerned about Iowa going up against Zed Key. I don't know who they're going to have to match up against him because he's a big, big guy. Liddell is going to pull you out and they got guys who can play against him, but I don't think we can match up with key. So I'd be more concerned about that matchup, but certainly those are the teams you're right. Those are the teams that, that you would scare you from a matchup standpoint. Hyper local. I was favored in all of their games, the rest of the season, except for Purdue and Illinois. I cannot believe that. I, I don't know. Do we even have, or these games aren't, uh, the odds aren't out on these games yet, are they? Come on. I I, I don't think that could possibly... They're not going to be favored at Wisconsin. Um, They could be favored in every game in January, besides the Wisconsin game. They're not going to be favored in the game against Wisconsin. February, they're not going to be favored at Ohio State. I doubt they're favored at home against Michigan State. Highly doubt it. They may not even be favored at home against Michigan. And they're not going to be favored on the road at Michigan. So, I mean, I'm not trying to rain on your parade here, hyperlocal. But, boy, that that's I don't believe that. Um, now, if they keep playing well, some of those games, you know, perhaps could turn. But when you're playing on the road in the Big Ten, I don't care who you are. It's hard to win. Mark Miller. Fran needs to hire an assistant that's a defensive specialist and listen to them. Been saying it for years, Mark. It's what Jeff Beeline or uh, John Beeline did at Michigan. And what happened? They end up going to Final Force. He's an offensive coach. He realized he needed help. They go hire the, the guy from Northern Illinois to help. They become elite. You could argue the same for football and offense, right? Go hire an actual offensive mind. But, again, hasn't happened. Probably won't happen. All right. You corrected yourself there, yes. Michigan, Ohio State, Purdue, and Illinois, we will not be favored. No, we will not. But, um, you know, I think this team is – if this team's making threes, they can play with anybody, all right? And I think this team has enough three-point shooting. One guy we haven't talked a lot about that played well tonight is Peyton Sanford. I know we brought him up early. But, man, 13 points, three of three from three, all right? Again, with his size and his ability to run the court, run the floor – if he can be making threes at this rate and chip in, you know, even if it's just eight to 10 points a game, you know, two to three threes a game, that will help. Um, somebody needs to relieve the pressure from Jordan Bohannon making threes. Cause as you and I both know, when a team decides we're going to lock down Jordan Bohan, we're going to face guard him. It's hard for Jordan. Now he doesn't need a double team that you can. If you have a guy who knows how to face guard Jordan Bohannon, it's going to be hard for him to to uh, score. And Jordan Bohannon gave him credits, 13 points tonight. But again, this is Western Illinois. It's not the Big Ten Conference. And the Big Ten's more than familiar with them, more than familiar. There's not a single player besides the true freshmen in this league that have not played against Jordan Bohannon. So everybody, well, and of course transfers, but everybody in this league, virtually everybody in this league understands how he plays. I don't want to call him one-dimensional. That would not be fair to Jordan, but he lacks athleticism. He lacks size. He lacks speed. So we say it every year. If he's not making threes, it's hard to justify him getting a lot of minutes. And uh, Tony Perkins has been quiet here these last couple of games, but he's certainly making his case for more and more minutes. Tim the Tap Man, good to see you here, buddy. Just got back from the game. Appreciate you going out there, despite some slippery weather, it sounds like. Um, Again, we got a little bit of snow here in Ames, but I I did see on the radar that Iowa City and the east side of the state um was hit a little bit harder and yes i did see your correction here Hyperlocal. um i don't know where you're getting these odds i I, I, i'm you know maybe there are odds out there i don't know how far in advance these i mean there's no there is no official line yet right these games aren't set until i want to say the week of um so maybe you're i'm sure there are odds makers out there that are picking games weeks in advance but uh Yes, I did see your correction, so I appreciate that. And Patrick McCaffrey, another guy we didn't talk about, he's he's still producing, and I don't know that Chris, I, I mentioned that Chris was the second leading scorer on the season. I don't know if that's changed now. I should look at this, I guess, because Chris has been real quiet these last two games. Yeah, so that has changed. So I was wrong on that, because Patrick now is the, the second leading scorer, 11.9 points per game, Jordan at 10.8, Chris at 10.2. they got four guys in double figures, and Tony's averaging nine points a game. So... You know, they've got balance, even though Chris, or excuse me, Keegan has been uh, averaging 23. Now, again, this is against competition where it's going to be a lot easier to score than once we get to Bigton play. Obviously, that goes without saying. Um, but they're rebounding the ball better. We mentioned that battle. I'll pop that stat up here. These are the numbers I'm going to continue to monitor. You need to be dominating a team like Western Illinois. I don't care how good Western Illinois is. This is not a team that Iowa should be struggling on the boards with. So 41 to 31, that's a good number. That's what they should be doing. That's 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 an advantage they should have. Again, will it translate? Will it translate to the Maryland game? That's a question and a, and a fair one. Um, Hyper local. Peyton lives, family lives in my neighborhood, has a basketball court in his house. Well, that doesn't surprise me. Um, I don't know anything about the Sanford family, but uh, um, obviously... Obviously, that's uh that well. Let's think about him in high school, right? He was he played with uh the Devries kid, right? Um, at Waukee, that's a, a probably a group of friends that probably have access to uh, with with Jared Devries and and that whole that whole friends base and and family. I'm sure they uh, they've got access to about any anything they need over there to to uh, continue their and and don't forget Price Sanford. I forget about Price. Price is going to be a kid who's probably, I think I'm sure is already being recruited highly by Iowa. Um, I know he's being recruited by a lot of schools right now. So yeah, price and Peyton, I'm not surprised by that. Um, But uh, yeah, I I was impressed with Peyton tonight. Um, All right. Let me throw this banner up. So Monday, Iowa, Maryland. Um, It's a big game. I mean, obviously we have a bowl game on Saturday to watch. We hope assuming COVID doesn't get in the way of that. Let's be honest, folks, whether you agree with it or not, games are going to get postponed or canceled due to COVID. If, you know, even if it's just the opponent uh, testing positive. So you hope that doesn't happen. So far, knock on wood, Iowa basketball has been fine, as has Iowa football. We hope we get to Saturday and get the Citrus Bowl as uh, as we expect. And then, of course, moving forward Monday, if you're in Iowa City, I can't emphasize this enough. Again, I'm not in Iowa City. If I was there, I'd be going to some of these games if you can make it support this team. This is a team that has an opportunity to be really good. I'm not going to say they're really good right now. I know Brian Butch of BTN made a comment this past game after the South uh, Southeastern Louisiana game that I was a top 20 team. I'm not going that far. This is way too early to make in declarations like that. They've beaten no they've beaten nobody inside the top 50, right? If we're looking at Ken Palm or we're looking at um Ned. I guess I shouldn't say that about Ken Palm. Uh let me scroll through Ken Palm here. Again, the two wins for Iowa that we're talking about would be Virginia uh, and Utah State. So, Virginia is right now ranked 71 in overall Ken Palm, and Utah State is 61. So, nobody in the top 50 in either the net rankings or Ken Palm's rankings um, for Iowa as far as wins at this point. So, just be patient. This is an opportunity to start getting some of these wins. This is a must win game on Monday. Maryland is probably, if you look at the standings right now, again, there's only been each team has only played two games. Maryland's only played one. Excuse me, Maryland's only played one Big Ten game. Northwestern's played one Big Ten game, but Maryland is probably going to finish in the bottom third of the conference because of the coaching change, and uh, you know, just I would the Big Ten's tough. Again, the Big Ten is tough. I don't know who you'd who you'd put below them besides Penn State and Nebraska. You know, Indiana. Has a lot of talent returning. We we haven't seen them put it together yet, but now they've got Woodson as their coach, so perhaps that changes. Um, you know Rutgers might Rutgers might finish below. I could see Rutgers finishing below Maryland, but Rutgers did be uh, knock off Purdue. It's a good conference, but you got to beat Penn State every time you play them. You got to beat Nebraska every time you play them. I think you probably need to beat Maryland every time you play them, and it'd sure help if you could sweep teams like Indiana and Rutgers. That's a tall order because all these teams are capable of beating you. But it starts Monday, Iowa, Maryland, inside Carver Hawkeye Arena, 8 p.m. Central time on BTN. And we'll get one last comment here from Donna Myers. I like how Fran takes Iowa kids, gives them a chance to play. We might not always have the best recruits, but we have kids that, that love the Hawks. Fran does a good job building confidence, and that's a good way to end the show. Um, I'm a Fran, I'm a Fran fan. I said that earlier, I'll say it again. Does he deserve criticism at times? Absolutely. We've talked about the defense at nauseum. I feel like it's the opposite conversation that we have with Iowa football. But you don't see mass um, mass departures for kids transferring out of this program. I know C.J. Frederick left. I know Jack Nungy left. Certain circumstances surrounding um, those, two, uh, those two transfers. But Fran has done a nice job here. Now we just got to see the defense come together to a point where you can actually win a couple nights, a couple games in the tournament. Eric, yeah, let's go get a win on Saturday. The bowl game, of course, Iowa and Kentucky. And Mike, appreciate you being here tonight as well. Um, Tim, the tap man, what is the update on Connor McCaffrey? I don't have an official update because I've been on here since the game ended. All I can tell you is that Connor did return to the game, Tim. Uh, Excuse me, not to the game, but to the sidelines. And no boot and no, no crutches. So that's probably a good sign. I'm sure, again, it looked like an ankle sprain. So it looked like he had a brace on that ankle, which, again, is understandable. Um, But I would I would guess can't say this definitively. I don't know, but I would guess it's not as serious as maybe initially feared. And the real Hayden, why was Turgeon canned so early in the season? It sounds like from the reports that have surfaced, it sounds like players were players and family of players were just not on board. So I don't know why. I don't know how many transfers they dealt with in the offseason. I guess I'd have to look back. I don't really pay a whole lot of attention to Maryland. But it just didn't sound like it was meshing. And he's been there a long time. So perhaps wore out his welcome. Um, But, uh, yeah, that's going to hurt them. Again, they bounced back with a nice win against uh, Florida Um, and Maryland. uh, Let's see. They lost to Virginia Tech in the ACC Big Ten Challenge. Lost to Northwestern. Beat Florida. Beat Lehigh. So they'll, they'll play Brown tomorrow. They play Brown University tomorrow on BTN. So if you want to catch Iowa's next opponent tomorrow night, um, 6 p.m. Central time on BTN. So, um, But again, I think it's a game Iowa should be able to win. Not saying they're going to blow them out. Boy, it'd be nice if we could get a convincing win. But this is a game Iowa absolutely needs to win. It's at home. Got to get it done against um, the Maryland Terrapins. All right. Reminders here, folks. We will be with you we're planning a show, all right, a live show on Friday, all right? It'll be late afternoon, evening at the earliest. I know that the the, the uh, uh, college football playoff semifinals are going on, on Friday, so I'll keep you updated. If you're not following uh, myself on Twitter, please do that because I'll give you updates on Twitter um, as to when we're going live, all right? So again, from the Hawkeye of the Storm, if you haven't already subscribed here on YouTube, do so, please. Also follow us on Twitter and Facebook, and I'll throw up the um, ticker at the bottom from the Hawkeye of the Storm, our podcast available through Spotify, Apple, Anchor, Google, wherever you listen to your podcasts. And this show will be available on demand through our podcast platforms. All right. So we'll be live at some point Friday. Stay tuned for when that will happen, when that will occur. And then, of course, this Saturday, it is the Citrus Bowl. We expect this game to happen. No reason at this point to think it won't. Iowa, Kentucky at noon central time. It will be televised on ABC. So if you're a MediaCom customer, be sure to get some bunny ears because you're not going to be able to watch it on ABC because they ain't coming to no agreement by Saturday with Tegna. Um, again, we'll be with you for Iowa post game with Coach Don Patterson um, over at the Voice of College Football. Iowa at the Voice of College Football um, following the Citrus Bowl. So be sure to be with us then give us a call, chat with us and we'll hang out for the final post game show of the, of the year folks. Um, not the final show. Well, actually it's actually, it's actually the, uh, this is the final post game show of the year, right? Cause that's the new year, but um, the final post game show of the season will be on Saturday after the citrus bowl. And of course we'll be with you throughout the basketball season right here on this channel. And then of course, on Monday, we mentioned it, Iowa and Maryland, um from carver so if you can make it be great uh, certainly i know fran and the, the crew would appreciate that and it would certainly help iowa perform well i would have to think but we'll be with you following that game uh, i'm gonna throw if i can find the banner here hopefully what did i do with it all right here it is iowa maryland excuse me for that uh Monday, the 3rd at 8 p.m. on, on uh, BTN. And then, of course, we'll be with you following that game for Iowa postgame with Coach Gary Close. Appreciate the support, everybody. Thanks for hanging out this evening for a couple hours. We'll talk to you Friday, Saturday, and on Monday. As always, go Hawks.